to your health. Get your booster of common sense and keep yourself sane. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, 936. We continue that uh, that conversation that Morgan Freeman once had with Mike Wallace. Uh, thank you, Johnny, by the way, for looking it up for me. It was 2005. Uh, it's hard to believe. 17 years ago, this uh, conversation was held. And I think it's more relevant today than, than really ever before. Listen to this clip. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What no. do you do with yours? What, which month is White History Month? No, well, no, no, come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm, month is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No, I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? And stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You when I heard, or excuse me, when I picked up my Epic Times uh, this past week and I saw the headline, Black History is American History, I knew I had heard it before. And it's obviously not uncommon, but it was specific. There was something in my head, and it was probably the earworm that is the voice of Morgan Freeman. You know, it's just, it's, it's embedded there. And I remembered that, and that's why I looked the clip up again. Morgan Freeman in 2005 saying, Black History is American History. Why are we relegating it to a month? He's right. And so is Tim Barton. Timothy Barton is the president of Wall Builders. That's a national organization dedicated to highlighting the true facts about the founding of America, our Constitution, and our rich history. In other words, he's an American historian, and he joins us now to talk about black history being American history. Mr. Barton, good morning. Good to have you, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm certain you heard that clip before, right? That that wasn't new to you, the Morgan Freeman conversation with Mike Wallace? No, sir. I, I've heard that and thought it was powerful the first time, and it's powerful every time I hear it. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think it's probably true more so today, and it should be echoed more so today than even when they had that chat uh, back in 2005. And that's the first thing I thought of when I saw your headline. And I wasn't going to read your article, to be honest with you, because I've read it enough times, pretty much, or stories similar about black history, and I concur. It's insane to have a Black History Month because, essentially, it is condemning uh, and condensing all black history into one month, and then we can just forget about it for 11 months a year. And that's silly because that's not telling the true story of American history. But then I read it, and I was so glad that I did, because I think you really highlighted some points that people need to think about when we talk about black history. Uh, and, and what I'd like you to start with, Mr. Barton, is this. The origin of Black History Month, as you do in your article, and compare the intent of the origin of Black History Month to its use as a propaganda tool today. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, as someone who studies history, so much of the narrative that we have today is, is shaped and constructed by people who have uh, told the narrative, not necessarily what is historically accurate. And Carter Woodson is, is the individual who's a black historian credited with uh, kind of the birth of Black History Month. But, but it's also worth noting that the reason Black History Month became a thing at all, uh, in, in the era we are living in, it, it's a very common tactic of those on the left to want to divide people based on groups, categories, right, your gender, your ethnicity, your sexual preference, whatever it is, 
they want to put people in groups, and then they play groups against each other, which is also a very common tactic of Marxism. Well, this was something that the progressives started back in the 1900s, really maybe the late 1800s is the conversation, but the early 1900s when they took over, this is largely what they did. Woodrow Wilson, a, a hero of the progressives, he wrote a five-volume set of American history, and this five-volume set of American history, he removed every single black individual from American history. I mean, genuinely, there was not a single mention of a single black person in this five-volume set of American history. And he even tells the story of the Civil War, which, you know, just from our modern understanding, I don't understand how you can give any kind of in-depth look at the Civil War and not talk about Frederick Douglass. But he was a, a Southern apologist in the way he presented history. He said the Civil War had nothing to do with slavery, right? It wasn't racism. And, and, and anyway, he changes the whole narrative. When progressives take over education, they are using his five-volume history set as the new standard for social studies, for history. And so it, it literally removed all of these incredible, amazing black heroes that are truly part of the American story. And in the midst of that, what's happened is when, when you had a, a Democrat racist president who was a hero and a leader of this progressive movement, when they changed the narrative, well, then Carter Woodson said, hey, let's just be honest about this. And so he said maybe there should be a week that students in school actually learn some truth about black history. Now, again, this was significant because this was at a time when literally there was white racists who were removing the actual true history. And he was arguing, let's just tell the whole story. Well, what we are doing today is Black History Month is not being used to argue, let's tell the whole story. It's being used to promote things like critical race theory or 1619 Project, things that are fundamentally inherently not true, but are definitely politically charged and motivated to promote agendas, and that's just not good history. Right. Agendas and propaganda, that's not history. In fact, it's antithetical to history. History is the presentation of facts and how they may have impacted the present. That's, that's, you know, obviously relevant, but to use it as propaganda to advance in a modern day agenda is another thing altogether. And that's what you write in this very important piece, again, that I read in the Epic Times. And you point out that the way Black History Month is used today, it is kind of weaponized. Rather than celebrating the historical contributions of, of, of African Americans or black people, to this country, um, you know, the, the movement is being used to advance uh, propaganda and, quite frankly, resegregation today. Uh, everything in America's past has to have been labeled as racist to justify mm-hmm. the justify the resegregation and anti-white racism that we see going on right now. Is that overstating it? No, you're, you're exactly right. And one of the things that Historically, it's very easy to show. Is if you look back at, for example, the American Revolution. During the American Revolution, if if we looked and said, okay, when did the American Revolution actually begin? There might be a fun conversation about, right? Was it the shot heard around the world at Lexington Green, or was it when the British show up in Concord to seize the military supplies, the Battle of Bunker Hill? You could go through some of those early conflicts in the beginning, but we point to the fact that John Adams wrote a letter after the Revolution, and he said the most significant thing, the seeds that started the Revolution were not the shot heard around the world at Lexington. It wasn't Concord. It wasn't the Battle of Bunker Hill. He says when the first blood was shed on King Street, which was the Boston Massacre. Now, it's interesting. John Adams says that's when the seeds for the revolution began because that's when the first blood was shed. Well, if you go back to the Boston Massacre, who was believed to be the first person that was killed for the cause of liberty the Boston Massacre? That was a black man named Crispus Attucks, which is incredibly interesting that According to John Adams, the revolution began with the death of a black patriot. At that time, Crispus Attucks was a free man fighting 
alongside other patriotic Americans against the tyranny and oppression of the British. But the point is, when you start looking at the story of the revolution, I literally can it almost, you can pick a battle, and I can tell you the black heroes who were at that battlefield or literally received commendations at the end of that battle. You can't even tell the story of the American Revolution without including the black heroes in the black history. But the reason I bring that up today is the 1619 Project, they don't want to talk about any of the black heroes from the American Revolution or the War of 1812, and arguably not even from the Civil War. They don't want to talk about these black heroes or black Medal of Honor winners from American history. They only want to paint a picture of evil white people victimizing innocent black people, and that's the entire narrative they want to tell of America, to, to paint the picture that America is fundamentally evil and flawed, and obviously America, like every other nation, is not a perfect nation, and we definitely had some moments of great evil in this nation, but those great evil moments were not the defining points of the nation. Instead, the defining points of the nation were when we overcame those great evils. We fought a civil war, and at the end of the civil war, not only did white people fight a war with white people and freed all the black people, we began passing all kinds of civil rights legislation. You had the Reconstruction Era, where you actually had some of these individuals who had been former slaves become congressmen and senators and leaders in their states, America shifted. And this is where, when you start learning the whole story, it's a very different narrative than what's being promoted today. But as pointed out, what's being promoted today is merely political propaganda, not actual history. We're talking to Timothy Barton. He's a historian. He is the president of Wall Builders, which is a historical organization without going through the whole depth of that again. But Tim, or Timothy, excuse me, I don't know what you prefer. Um, what you wrote, uh, one of the lines in your article, Black History is American History, that you wrote that I think is important is this. If not for the ideas and principles of the American War for Independence, otherwise known as our Revolutionary War, Slavery would have been more widespread and practiced without opposition for many more years. This is why the 1619 Project has been condemned as being fictional by uh, historians of all political persuasions and ideologies, even those who may be inclined to support the same uh, political viewpoints as as uh, the authors of the 1619 Project. They correctly point out that literally the formation of this country the independence being declared of this country began the downfall of slavery and in fact it was it was it was largely for that reason the institution of slavery couldn't have just been click your fingers and go okay we're done we're no longer a, we're participating in the in the transatlantic slave uh, 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 in transatlantic slavery we are done it it was something that was going to take an awful large effort and obviously uh, the loss of a lot of lives to make that happen but it began with the formation of this country in 1776, and if we had not done so, as you point out, um, slavery would be more widespread in practice without opposition for many, many more years had we not done so. Well, without question, and that is easily historically verified, because if you look at abolitionists not just in America, you can look at abolitionists around the world, and part of their inspiration came from the ideas of the Declaration. The Declaration was the very first governing document, arguably in the world ever, to espouse equality for all individuals, for all groups in right male, female, black, white, whatever color it was, we all are created equal. And, and again, this equality notion goes back to this idea from the Declaration that there was a creator. And the reason that we're all equal is because we're all God's kids. It was their cognizance of a, a God that allowed them to come to the conclusion that we are equal. And, and this is very much something that we see in Scripture as well. But the point is that this was the cry of the abolitionists, that the Declaration was the cry. In fact, there's even a lot of evidence 
that William Wilberforce, right, the hero of England who helps end slavery in England, he was inspired and actually had much correspondence with many of the abolitionists in America. So this is where you actually can track the influence of the Declaration to the great abolitionists, even over in Europe, and some of their sentiments or their vernacular and vocabulary being tracked back specifically to the Declaration of Independence. Timothy Barton is my guest. He's a historian, and we're talking about slavery. You wrote, this was just the first article of your Black History Month series, right? Because um, you wrote a second article, which I did not read yet, and I'm sorry to say I haven't seen it in my, maybe I'm a little behind in getting my Epic Times. I actually get the uh, physical paper, which I love. Um, but uh, you wrote about this in more depth uh, this week, I am assuming, about black heroes of the, uh, of the American Civil War, uh, and you've got more coming up the rest of this month. What do you have? Uh, yes, sir. So I have one coming out basically every week. And as you mentioned, uh, the, the physical copy is a little after it appears in digital form. So people right. can find it online um, a little bit quicker. But uh, we go through uh, some of the heroes. A lot of it is just trying to tell the honest story. And ultimately, we want to get to the place that we recognize that we want to, like we mentioned in the beginning with Morgan Freeman, right? We, we don't want to segregate and say, Right, that black history is for February. We want to say, let's just tell the whole story of America and include the men and women, the heroes along the way. Include the black heroes, include the Native American heroes, include like, whatever it is. If, back to the American Revolution, if you look at George Washington's generals, during the American Revolution, he had 76 generals. 28 of those were from foreign nations. Right? I mean, we know like you had your Marquis de Lafayette from France, but he had people from Poland, he had people from Germany. You, we literally can go through a dozen plus other nations, well, this was what America was. America was a melting pot of people from various locations, various ethnicities, various colors of skin, but they were coming together to fight for a common cause of freedom. And so that's part of what we go through is just unfolding more of the true history with some of the heroes from America's past that actually the 1619 Project doesn't feel apparently the need to cover because it, it debunks even some of their own notions and narratives. So we get into that a little bit. We expose more of the progressive movement and how they're trying to weaponize the telling of history or the retelling or the dishonest approach to history. Uh, and so those are things we, we uncover uh, the next couple weeks. Timothy Barton, uh, last thing for you. Um, actually, I want to read one more line, which is such a great summary from your first article this month in this series about Black History Month. Um, America's story isn't one of slavery, but of the defeat of slavery. It isn't one of oppression, but a victory over oppression. I concur wholeheartedly, and I think any true, honest historian uh, would agree with that, or even you know, even if you're not a historian, but you're just a reasonable, common-sensible person who can look at all of this, uh, you would agree with that. Yet, here we sit in 2022, because of, in large part, recent events, the summer of George Floyd, uh, two summers ago being maybe the, the, the largest one, the summer of racial reckoning, um, that narrative has flipped to this country being about oppression, not a not the victory over oppression. So given the state of current events, is Black History Month good for this country so that it can be propagandized and weaponized to advance that narrative of American evil and American historical oppression? Or would it be better if it wasn't something that we acknowledged? Well, obviously, the way it's being weaponized now is a very dangerous and damaging thing for the country. And, and fundamentally, anything we do in a narrative that's going to isolate or segregate people is a bad thing. It should be. We don't need an Irish-American History Month or Scottish-American History Month or German-American History Month or whatever the case is 
We need to just tell the honest story of America, the good, the bad, the ugly, celebrate the heroes, acknowledge the, the mistakes that were along the way, but just tell the honest story. And certainly the way that we are seeing things being weaponized today, we recognize the great danger in what there is. I am absolutely in favor of saying let's celebrate these great heroes from our past, acknowledge the contributions they made, whether it be your Booker T. Washington, your George Washington Carver, your Frederick Douglass, your James Armistead, right, your Crispus Addicts. We can go through literally hundreds, if not thousands, of names off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But the point is, that's not the way the story is being told today. So the way that Black History Month or African American History Month is being used today is very damaging and destructive to even racial relations in our nation, and certainly it's damaging to the true story of America. Yeah, and that's the sad reality of it. Uh, black history has been replaced by Black Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter, of course, is not about black lives. It's a political movement toward Marxism, as acknowledged by the founders of that movement, and that's the sad reality. Timothy Barton, thank you for joining me, and thank you for writing these wonderful pieces on the reality of Black History Month in the Epic Times. Uh, it would be so nice to be able to see the way Martin Luther King Jr. you know, dreamt to see black hands and white hands clasped together in unity, but uh, unfortunately Fortunately, the Black History Month of modern-day America is something that has broken that handshake, that broken those uh, those clasps and those grips apart, and uh, and that's a real that's a real tragedy. Keep up the good work. Thank you for educating us on this history and uh, its impact on present day. Uh, Timothy Barton, thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Yeah, black hands and white hands. That was the dream, right? Sitting, uh, you know, little black children, little white children sitting together at the table of brotherhood, sitting together, sharing, uh, you know, commonalities and so forth. And instead now, Black Lives Matter, uh, the, the critical race theory movement, uh, modern day education and academia. Nope, they're never going to let that happen. They're never going to let that dream come true. They're going to continue the nightmare of segregation. But this time, instead of segregation at the expense of black people and black children, it's going to be at the choice of black people and uh, people victimized by that movement. That's the reality. Self-segregation. It's a a remarkable thing. And it's a tragic thing in a nation that should be racially unified. 